0: Next Generation Podcast. Your hosts, are Waza and Dan. Well, we're back, Dan. It's good to be back. It's been three weeks without the TNG podcast,
1: buddy. Uh, great to be back after a three-week hiatus and being away for three weeks It's definitely
0: given us a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. And sorry for that for being away, guys. I've been away overseas and then last week... Dan had the flu, I had the flu, we both sounded like um, John Gotti and Sammy the Bull from the Gambino crime family.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I tried to leave it as late as possible. I literally, uh, message was the morning of saying, no, nah, I haven't pulled up, mate.
0: Sick as a dog. I was going to ring up the Seavers uh, company and ask them if they wanted us to do a new ad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, we've, um, a great weekend of footy. Five games decided by four points or less before Sunday. So it was Tigers, three points over the Cats. Hawks, four points over the Bombers. Uh, Ruse three points over the Lions. Rainer would have been killing himself, not having that fairy tale finish. Uh, Crows, three points over Port. Was it a point, though? Uh, he hit the post. I he he, he the admitted post. he hit the post. And Swans, two points over the Pies. Then on Sunday, some massive, massive hidings. It was like... Totally pole opposites. Uh, Giants, massive win. Who was the other game? Um, uh, Demons. Demons, Smash Suns. And then well. there was the Eagles game, and uh, somehow the football was forgotten because of one incident, and we're going to touch on that. Gaff, what the fuck were you thinking?
1: Yeah, well, before I jump into Gaff, because I'm known to paddle on just that round of footy, I found it funny on Saturday. They trialled the rules at, I think, Coburg in the VFL. Yeah, it didn't work. And it was a blowout as well. Um, yeah, it, it didn't did work. work. And then to have all those closed games in the AFL shows that there's nothing wrong with the sport it's the lesser teams which then was shown on Sunday where the games weren't as exciting cuz our blowouts cuz of the lesser teams. So if you put two high quality teams together, you get a good match. That's the
0: problem, it's not the rules. And I've said on this podcast and I was listening to the rub down on Triple M BT Leave the game alone or take care of itself.
1: We've mentioned that before and I agree 100% it. now the gaff thing.
0: Right, look, gaff, I'm going to attack my um, Eagles hat off here because it's the only way I can attack this. It was out of character it's, it's been done to death. He didn't he shouldn't have done it it shouldn't have happened but he did it. He's gone for the chest he's missed the chest he's hit the head it's been covered by 100 media outlets I'm over it. At the end of the day there's no winners in it. What I saw in social media just made me think am I even watching this game for you know because it's just unbelievable some of the shit I've seen on social media. Uh, Wayne Carey probably got it right he was the most level headed of all the media Um, it's good to see that Hamish has tried to set up um, Gaffy to see Angus in Melbourne and then Andrew when he gets back it's great to see that Mark Brayshaw and his wife have come out and said to stop the condemnation and maybe it should come out a bit earlier. Um, there's no winners, as I said. And it's something that is going to happen from time to time. Eight weeks was probably the right thing. Because when you think about it, this guy's probably going to miss a grand final. I thought
1: seven for that reason. Just so he misses the grand final. I, and I don't want that as an Eagles Grand final is four But games. as a spectator, yeah, yeah. he deserved that. Um,
0: He's going to miss games next year. so And unfortunately... A young up-and-coming star got injured about it and our thoughts go out to the Brayshaw family and Andrew Brayshaw. So um, there's not much more we can really say about it. that hasn't been said. Um, some people will, will agree with, with their outcomes. Some our fans will never let this die, but I'm not going to go into that. See, this is
1: the thing. You've got the two different types of Eagles fans. You've got the ones that were at the game yeah. Like oh, yourself. Was the game? Yeah. And then those that saw it on TV. Now, we are being harshly judged as supporters because people at the game didn't see it. Close-ups didn't see... The, well, you you never, saw the hit, obviously. You, you but you, you didn't see the, the, the degree I, of the damage because that, that's what this is about. The hit in itself wasn't actually that bad hit. The damage made me feel sick. The damage though, was unbelievable. We saw it on close on well, TV was, we saw all these things so you got
0: through different scenarios so I was about 20 metres away from where it happened because it just happened exactly where in my block was yep. it um, about 3,000 people would have seen it at first I just couldn't believe what I saw I didn't think there was much in it but then I didn't get up and went. Well, it must have been more Um, but not once did it get shown on a big screen. So for all the people that were going on about while they were cheering him, no-one knew what the hell was going on. And even Mark Brayshaw said he didn't know what was going on.
1: That's kind of the point I'm making where, okay, I look at the incident, the outcome of that is why he got such a lengthy ban, and it made me feel sick. Now, the media circus, the opposition supporters, they've actually made me forget about the incident as such and that Andrew Brayshaw's... so badly injured, yeah. and almost made it go defensive because I feel like we're under attack. You know, there's a problem with a coach. There's problem with yeah. CO This comes with, and it's 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 ridiculous. And as I said, you've seen him go down. Then he doesn't get up. You're like, oh, that's a pretty big hit on TV. We saw it a lot better, so we were the ones that were feeling kind of sick about it. Um, so you've got the two so of course they're gonna cheer a player that is then targeted and you don't know the degree so to speak. I um, hate having to go up
0: people in media because we're doing a sort of media here and that's what we're aspiring to be. But when you get a person and I'm gonna name her, Kelly Underwood, you don't know what the fuck you were talking about. Because how many times have you been to an Eagles or a Frio game? How many times have you been inside the Eagles in the Sanctum? And to say we've got a culture problem, it's just just, journalism is trying to grab a line to get a bit of limelight. You would not know anything about it. And what you said on your AFL show last night, you should retract every one of those comments. Because if you don't, you're just going to look stupid. Because honestly, what came out of your mouth was utter dribble.
1: And the thing I don't like, too, is um, you, we've had, basically, bar one game, 50,000-plus people there. You always have a few with such large numbers that, lack of a better word, dickheads. Sorry if people are offended, by, but it, of it's one. true. Yeah, That's my point. And there's not aggressive... I have never gone to an Eagles game where there's been a brawl. This happens quite a lot in South Australia. This happened Geelong, Melbourne. Yeah, you know... But- And then they're throwing stones in glass houses almost, you know. It's like, right, you've got a stadium that's predominantly one supporter base. You've got the highest attendee records on history, and yet you're not getting any footage of these attacks or any of these other things that are going on. Um, And the word arrogance, and this in itself is going to sound arrogant, when you've been such a successful side, and we have been a successful side, you're allowed, I think, to be slightly arrogant. Not the players, because they've got... They should have a focus, but as supporters, I think arrogance is a bad word to say. Proud, you know what I mean? It's all about perspective, isn't it? I'm proud of the Eagles. Someone from the outside say you're arrogant. No, I love talking about the Eagles. I love my team, and I love the work they do inside and outside
0: the community. You know. All right. Well, we're going to put an end to that. We might talk about a bit at the later at the end of the thing. That's a bit of my under the pump anyway. Uh, Look, we have got some questions sent in from some fans, Um, Eagles fans. When I hear this guy is, he's a goes by the name of Philip White-Tiling. It pops up on the Eagles back chat every now and then. He's sending in a couple of questions to us. So I'm going to read them out to you. I'm going to read them and you can answer them. I know that this is a West Coast podcast, but questions have to be asked about Chris Scott and his team lineup. Are they arguably a top-four side? Now, this was supposed to be read out a couple of weeks ago, but we've been away. So sorry for the lateness, Phil.
1: Um. I've actually had this conversation before because I know he's a Premiership coach. Um, they're twins. We're talking about cats, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, I always have to double. T- I always get confused with Brad. But give me some slack. They, over, look, they look alike. He took over a Premiership yeah, side. That's exactly right. So he won a Premiership in his first year, but he took over a Premiership side. Since then, I, I, I don't see much from. I don't see this brilliant game plan, and I see many holes in that side. Um, he likes. To, to trade in big names, you know, get in danger field, you know, let's get Ablett back, you know, these kinds of things. Um, and they're not chasing him as aggressively as some teams, but even Gaff, you hear rumours that he, they're after Gaff. And I find Hawkins is okay. He He's kicked seven goals in a row, not last week but the last couple of games before that. So that's made him look a bit better than he is. But then you take him out that side, they're lacking a second tall option. And down back, they're they're, they're getting the job done But they, they're they lacking What they had Back in their heyday Which was this dominant backline
0: Well my, my view so, on Geelong
1: I, John... I, 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 My question with Chris Scott Is not so much Can he Can they make top four Because I don't think they are no. Because it's so even At the top thing They're getting exposed Because of their weakness But my question is Can he actually rebuild a side and I think he's failing miserably he, he keeps trading water by bringing these plays and getting the wins yeah. but
0: it's not a Premiership winning side the way I see the Cats is on paper they're a top four side on I agree field, with that yeah I agree with on that on field not so so that's why Phil had another question uh, this is more of an observation but any whole household name player that leaves a club to join another club has never won a Premiership cup in you know, after history after doing so Franklin, Dangerfield, Judd, Kappa, Lockett, Modra.
1: Yeah, um, I find that a very interesting question because I I look at Hawks who successfully do that, um, where, you know, Brian Lake went there, Frawley went there, Burgo went there. They've done it, but but he's almost correct. Yeah, but he's almost correct because, and I think...
0: Jordan Lewis, he's left Hawthorne, To 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 get a couple more years and go on to a good side that Melbourne was touted to be the next team to win a premiership. He might not win a premiership because he left Hawthorne. What happens if Hawthorne win a premiership before Melbourne? That's why I think he's getting
1: that. Well, I agree to a certain uh, extent as well because anyone that's, you know, we talk about these sort of things on social media, the Next Generation page is a great one to get on too, (laughs) Um, is I don't... I call them band-aid fixes. I'm not actually big fan of trades and it's pretty much this exact point he makes you bring in these stars. Yeah. It doesn't guarantee. And the thing is too, a second point is that the really big stars. So let's just use Judd as an example of this. It's the lower teams that can offer this player such a big contract with big money. And that in there lies the problem for me. Um, Franklin going to Swans is a bit of the enigma to it all because they're a good team, but they just... I don't know what's going on. That's it. I don't don't quite get that. They're so close, but yet so far,
0: you know? uh, So I hope that answers uh, some of the things you wanted to know, Phil. um, Anyone else that wants to send us in some questions, I know Raj was going to send one in and a couple other guys, uh, to send it to myself or Dan private message or... The Next Generation podcast page, uh, leave your message on there, or the Next Generation discussion group page, which is a closed group, so you have to ask to join that.
1: Definitely uh, do it, because I, I love yeah. interacting with other fans on that, so I love answering these questions. And while we're here,
0: we're a part of our interaction with our uh, Facebook pages is a segment called What's a View. Uh, we started a new era in 2018, new generation of players, new stadium, new look new eagles jumpers. And we did a bit of a poll a couple of months ago, the new logo versus the old logo. The new logo was 74% to the old logo, 26. But we forgot about the one in the middle, so we sort of did it again. And this is how it happened. And I, it blew, blew me away. But I shouldn't have, after seeing the first poll, but the old logo, 23 people, this is out of say 250 people that voted, 23 people voted they like the old logo. 38, the middle, the one that, that were changed in 2000, and everyone, this is, it was 160 just in the new logo.
1: Yeah, this is why I brought it up um, a while ago. So it was great to see other people's thoughts on the matter because I'm not a fan of change, personally. So when I first heard it, I was against it. But then once it's happened, you, the choice has been taken away from you, it's there, and you get used to it. I agree with that 100%. I think that... The old logo is very dated. They bring in the new one. It was a slight improvement. And I find this one's the best of the lot now. I really do. Um, and, yeah, it's just great to see. And I think this was the perfect time to do it now, too, towards the end of the season, yeah. where it's been around for a while now so you can make a better judgment, not a spontaneous judgment.
0: You know, so. It's funny because I was in Bali and all I was seeing was the old stuff. Yep. So I was going up to him, mate, you're not going to sell that. Just give it to me.
1: Yeah. And I go, why? And I go, <laughs> Good this
0: bargaining is like, chip. I and like And so I had the new one and on. And I go, this is the new one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that was funny, but I never got any, so. All <laughs> well, right, let's talk about some footy. It's the final siren. All right, um, I was away for the North Melbourne game, but I'm glad I was because it was a shocker from what I heard. Um, but one of my favourite players played pretty good. But he's in the medical room this week. And that's Skayfield. He's out with a hammy for two weeks. Alango, hammy for two weeks. Nat Nui, we know season. McKenzie season. That could be his career as well. Kennedy. It's an interesting one. He was on the radio saying he's definitely not playing this week, but he's going to push for Melbourne. But more likely the Brisbane. Let's hope he can get up next week. Because I think we need him against Melbourne. Malcolm Carboney. He's done a rib and he's a test in England. Kellen England, needs a quad, he's a tw- test.
1: Yeah, Alango was quite um, showing some quite promising signs at East Perth, I found too. His hit-out work was just <coughs> A-grade almost, you know. Um, right. So I'd love to see him get a bit more game time down East Perth and hope he can push for that. But, uh, yeah, oh. I mean, that's not too bad. Kennedy's a big blow. Yeah,
0: it's a big blow. But let's hope he can get back next week. But we'll see how it goes. So, basically, there was a game on Sunday. It was the 48 derby and the Eagles... Romped it in, uh, 21, 16, 142 to 13 goals, 684. Darling, four goals. Cripper played one of his brilliant games. I can't believe that people in our TNG uh, voting didn't vote. Cripper, because I, yeah. I thought he was, in, he was in my top three. Ryan, three goals. It's amazing. Somebody with a little bit of burst, they can do something like that. Rioli, two. Yo, two. lyset two. Vardy, two. Redden, Gaff. Um... The wet better players for the Eagles were Yo, Redden, Shepherd, Lyssett, Cripps, and Ryan. And in the TNG, we had Yo with three. I think Gaff got a couple of sympathy votes. He got two votes, and Redden one. But at halftime, he did have twenty-one positions. I think Gaff played through. he had game fifteen. Though.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, there's just so many positives from this game. Like I know it got skewed and. Uh, you know almost stolen away you know with the gaff incident that you didn't appreciate the game always but even Ryan coming back I'm so glad he came in kicked his three goals because really we need to start settling this side for finals basically and him being there, great just so exciting Mm -hmm.
0: have a look at the forward line you got four goals from Cripps three from Lorraine and two from Willy Rioli that's your three small forwards all having big impacts and yeah, they actually were the difference, I think, and it can show you that we don't need Darling and Kennedy to always kick the winning goals.
1: No, that's it, and it's funny. Like you take Darling out with his four goals, which is absolutely great. You could have had a couple mm. more. Let's be honest, well, um, could have had six or seven. Yeah, but it's funny you take it out, and we still would have won the the game. Like that's yep. how well they're playing, and just the cohesion of just having these small crumbing players there is just was just brilliant to watch because it didn't feel like. A normal Eagles side Having that there Where this, the ball hits the deck We've got these Damaging quick players Because In my honest opinion I think we've lacked that Since Phil Matira I honestly do I know we've had players Come in and they've had Good games But not like that Not like yeah. f- Five goals Nine if you chuck crips in From your small Crumbing forwards And just Really exciting Rioli and Ryan, I just love having down there And so Let's be honest It's the duo we wanted From the beginning of the That's year it. Didn't
0: we I'll touch on Fremantle. They had some good players as well because it was another side playing, even though they were pretty shit. <laughs> Mundy, Neil, Walters, Bradley Hill and Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill's probably got a bit of an injury now. And it, it leads me to Lockie Neal versus Hutchie. Now, I was reading an article on the Muggle Punt, one of my favourite pages to read. Um, and, you know, Lockie Neal probably won the battle, but only just. He had 22 contested possessions out of 26. But Hutchie, he's just doing the job every week. Yeah, 21 touches going the other way. Six marks, seven tackles, four inside fifties, four score involvements and three clearances.
1: I was happy with the job he did on Neil, actually. Uh, Neil only had five more disposals of him. But he wasn't this damaging player. Neil's can be... With Fife not not there, it was key to us winning, in my opinion, to lock Neil down and curb his influence. And that's exactly what Hutchings did. I found, yeah, he, he... he got... If you looked on paper, you see 26 Oh, well, that's not bad. But he's a ball magnet. He gets plus 30. He averages a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, Neil, if this is for the umpire, uh, the free man people, if there's any listing that always gone about umpiring, he got eight of your free kicks. Well, see, there's there's eight disposals right there. So, right. in
1: my opinion, Hutchings did do a
0: brilliant yeah, job. But that shows you that there's not as many people working hard enough for the ball, Freeman. man. So, maybe look at your game plan before you start having a go at about other things. The funny thing with these... Um, umpiring decisions
1: is lower teams are bottom of the ladder because they're not that good. Teams aren't that good giveaway free kicks. Yeah. Um, so there's no rule it has to be even and you look at the best teams in the comp they don't tend to give away a
0: lot. So I don't if- think the umpires had a bearing in the game at all because Eagles got more free kicks but Three men have got more 50-meter penalties. And five. Got I wonder if that's a record five. I think it's five, and I think three of them resulted in goals. Yeah. Well, no, two of them was a goal and one was a point. Um, let's have a talk about the back line. Shep is his 150th game. 26 touches at 81% efficiency, seven intercept marks. Probably had the most intercepts for the game this year. Gov, he had 15 touches at 93%. Now, the contender of the mark. Now, that was brilliant football for such... Uh, Dow, uh, you know the, the after effects of that game to see Sun Sun take a mark on top of Gov, and by the time he's sitting on the ground, Gov's sitting there tapping him on the back, going, "He's great a cheeky great mark," cheeky smile, and yeah. having a laugh, saying, "Great mark." A minute later, he's still talking to him about it, saying, yeah. "Great mark," you know. And I think he's
1: just, I think he's just happy he's going to be on a poster, Gov.
0: <laughs> yeah. He he, take, he might take over from Andrew Embley as being the stepping. Yeah, letter. that's it. There's been a few. And uh, Hearn, nineteen touches at a hundred percent efficiency. Oh. He's a captain, he's a leader, he's a general, and he is what we need. And for the people that are knocking him as a captain at the start of the year, I think we have to change the tune because I don't want to change... At the start of this year, I thought we might change captains next year. It's got to be Bunga next year.
1: The funniest thing, got to thing is, be he's more than likely, and the word is... And usually they get this right, the media. It's one thing they do get right, is when they're selecting all Australian captains. He, he, so usually the buzz the media creates gives them that. And it, he's... I've heard from a lot of mouths he's the All-Australian.
0: I've heard it's between of that, him, good form Pendlebury, and
1: Cotchen, right? I hope. Uh, I swear Pendlebury's just got an open spot for the All-Australian. I just hope Glenn Jagevich,
0: who's right. a selector, has got enough balls to stand up because he doesn't stand up on radio. I don't like his commentary sometimes because maybe he's taking his West Coast patch off. He has to as a media. But, yeah, I just hope he sees Shannon Hearn as... Well, puts a good vote in for him. Uh, he
1: should be yeah, brilliant. Sir. And um, Jeter didn't have the greatest game, but we've mentioned on this podcast before. Having Hearn and Jed are two known, brilliant kicks and with great disposal efficiency. That's to me. That's actually what's winning us games. Is we're so attacking off that Jeter's
0: kicking on the weekend was the best I've ever seen, and we've always raved about his kicking.
1: He takes he takes a risk, Jeter that normal players wouldn't take, but because he's good the, kick, he it comes off. There was one long.
0: there in the third quarter, and he had the ball on the right hand wing. And he could have gone all, all the way. But he sat back and he he raised his hands. People can't see what I'm doing. And he's kicked it. And Liam Ryan went on to a mark. And it was like it just split everyone. It was a 60-metre kick. Yeah. It was brilliant. Um, let's talk about another guy that's in all Australian form. Elliot Yo. I've always got him in the brawn rider. Two goals, 26 touches, 69% efficiency. A bit bad there. Eight inside 50s, five tackles, 14 scorer involvements. And he walked away the... Glendinning Allen Medal, the inaugural one, but he was good, and I'm not taking that away. I reckon he was behind Jack Redden, and if you have a look at Jack Redden's, Jack Redden's getting get any goals. He got I think two points, thirty-three touches at eighty-one percent, eleven score involvements, ten marks, five tackles, six inside fifties, and four clearances, and he is having one of the best seasons of his career.
1: Well, it's funny. I've actually mentioned this before because so many plays have improved and that's the key to our rise this season. He's been but our from, biggest improver. That's exactly how I feel. Redden, to me, has been by far our yeah. biggest one. His average was about 24, I think, at Brisbane Lions in his peak. Now, he's just past yeah. that and it's just the games, he's kicking more goals. He's just playing such brilliant footy um, and it's because... He's playing in his position. Well, I'll, touch, I'll touch on this a bit later about yeah. another player, but when you play these players out of position, where probably they'll paint him forward, he doesn't have the same impact. Yeah. After Mitchell, British retire, he's now thrust in the middle, and he's having his best year. And he's quietly one of the reasons why our midfield is, is winning a lot of clearances. and Our top four, Not just holding its own. We're beating a lot of teams in the clearances at the end of the
0: game. Our top four players this year... And in no particular order are Redden, Yo, Pern and Gaff. Every week... Oh, they're such good players. Every week they're in our top card players. I can't, I
1: can't pick because I think Darling's
0: another one. Darling
1: was at the Shepherd, start of the year. Shepherd's so consistent. He's the underrated um, one. The, uh, they, these aren't players I'm chucking out as most improved because Shepard no. I don't think's improved at all. I think he's been solid for
0: years. Uh, another guy that has improved big time and I probably didn't give him the respect that I probably should have was Tom Cole. Oh now he's kept he's come in at the start of the year, he missed the first game, come to the second game and he's kept his spot. And he is a no he's like Shep, he's no fastest goes about and does his job. And that's why probably the Eagles are probably slipping under the radar sometimes in the media eye because they're not respecting the players like Shep or Cole, and the um, role they play.
1: I remember before season started, and it could have been before a lot of the NAB Cup had started, actually. Around the AFLX, one of our first podcasts, you actually put the question in front of me between Watson, Nelson, and Cole. And I had Watson and Nelson quite far in front of Cole. I think everyone and, Yeah, and he's just come out and just been great. Yep. Our second rising star for the year, Nom. And it's funny, I didn't even realise he was eligible. Um, but yeah, he's just... He's improving his game because even the ruse where it was such a horrible game, he started intercept marking. Like I think he had more intercept marks than Gov and Barras. Like, and so he's adding another string to his bow that he we hadn't seen before. So every week this kid is improving, and he's yeah, just great down there.
0: It's good to see, and like we said, we're sitting second on the ladder, eight debutants plus Archie. Um, we've missed darling we've missed kennedy we're going to miss gaff for a big chunk and we're still in premiership mode so that's good so in the hunt anyway all right let's get on to our next segment the revolving door all the stats that matter at the royals as i was away i never got to see any of the uh, waffle uh, action so did you get down and see it uh, no, but la- not this week. Last week it was on TV, oh, so right. I got to watch that game. Um, look, uh, Peel, did we play Peel? Yeah, it was Peel. 14 goals, 8, 92 to the Royals, 10 goals, 7, 67, a 25-point loss. Let's go through the stats that matter. Sheed, 2 goals, 34 disposals. Partington, 3 goals, 20 disposals. They're the two that probably should be in contention this week. Ainsworth, one goal, 17 disposals. Waterman, one goal, 14 disposals. Mutem has been racking him up over the last couple of weeks. I've been watching. 22 disposals. Archie did his normal role, 21. Watson, he's averaging 19 disposals a game, Watson. So he's doing his job, but Cole's keeping him out. Uh, the Allen boys, both 13 disposals each. Brand at 12, so I don't know if they're playing him up forward or up the ground. Rotham, who's just been signed a one-year deal, which surprised the hell out of me. Ten, Brayshaw, only ten disposals. And Alango, he's done his hammy and he got six disposals, but got 22 hit-outs. Um, Gaff's not going to be playing. Who else isn't going to be playing? Scully did his Scully's hammy. Scully's out with a hammy, so you're going to have to pick two people to come in from the Royals. She to me, is the obvious one. Um, and Archie. But I'd like to go left to centre. And this is not because of... Well, it is. I'd love to put Hamish Brayshaw in there. (laughs) Debut him. I'd love to put him in there.
1: Uh, I'm such a crucial time of the year. As I said before, I want to settle on our best 22. I want to to figure out who's playing finals. I think the time for blooding young kids is over. And that may sound harsh because that's what I've wanted to do all year. Even though I'm like, we're up the top of the ladder. I've still been like, let's get these kids in. Let's play these kids. So, for me, it, it'll be Sheed and Archie. So, i touch on Sheed first. That's what I was getting at where I don't like it when a player's played out of position to get into the side. Mm. So, Redden was played forward, didn't have a great impact, so he was constantly dropped and slammed. To me, Sheed's the exact same kind of player. He's not very good up forward when he's predominantly in forward. It's okay to rest these players there for, you know, you know, sake of the rest of midfielder so no one can come on. But I would love for him now. Gaff's not there. Just throw Sheet back in the guts because he played such good footy at the beginning of the year. Let's see if we can get this kid in form. And Archie I would like to see come in. Um, it's a little bit of a funny one. And I will, I know I'm going to get slammed for this because a lot of people are massive fans of Vardy. But I just want Archie to come in because he's actually been pinch-hitting in the ruck a lot for East Perth. So I'd love to give him just 5% a game. I'm just barely any. But let's just see if he can hold his own in the ruck. We've got a bit more run. Um, I think and see how he goes. Because if one of our ruckmans... Or I'll put Lycett's in great form, so I don't think it'll be Lycett. Yeah. But let's say if one of our rucks aren't really producing, um, well, then we got Archie
0: Well, our rucks in. on the weekend, I didn't touch about this in the other game, they're four goals from both our ruckmans. Yeah. And they and Lycett, I forgot to touch on him, he was... Bloody brilliant.
1: F- was he phenomenal? He uh, was
0: brilliant. 20 disposals, but 16 of them were
1: contested.
0: So what he, he, to he Ballant- likes to get in rough. What he did to Ballantyne and treat him like a ragdoll was... Yeah, it like it's Brenner funny. Like you
1: see the picture of it or something. And I'm a Ballantine fan. He's, he's, he's bear hugged. Just yeah. lifting like him off the ground. Um, but, but yeah, just to see, because... And this is where I want to say, because I know Vardy's got his in. fat. Yeah, but that's it. I just want to see if at AFL level... He can just pinch it, and I'm not talking about rucky much. Just pinch it; it'll right. give us more run. And I think, see, this is where I'm going to get slammed because I know there's a big fan of Vardy, and because we've always had two Rucks, there's a perception you always need to play two Rucks. Um, Vardy kicked a, two goals on the weekend. I think one the week before, so that's his saving grace almost. Yeah. But you look at his possessions; he only had eight possessions yeah, last oh, week, your... four the week before. So if I'd he go Vardy in the
0: game, because you got Ryder as a Ruckman.
1: But what I'm getting at is... I'm not, not dropping Vardy. Mm. I'm not dropping Vardy. Right. But I want to see if Archie... If worst case scenario, let's say against Port, against Melbourne, he's not performing. And we'll, as I said, I'll chuck Lyson in for the sake of the conversation. If one of those rocks aren't, Rucks aren't performing, then we look at Archie pinch hitting in there. But there's a lot of ifs in this yeah, brain this. thought. But that's that's why I'd like to see uh, definitely Vardy chucked
0: I in. I think Sheet will come in and Archie will come in. Archie purely because we're playing Port Adelaide, he knows the ground, he's played it more than anyone else. He knows a way for Adelaide to stretch it up. That might be saving grace. way he gets picked? I, you know, they're romantic in me would love to see Brayshaw chucked in there. But Partington, what else has this guy got to do to get a game? To me. He's probably the wrong height, and the players that are playing his position are more as a because at East Perth he plays more a midfield role. Yep. At Eagles he's got to play a smaller forward or high up on the half forward line, and Rioli and Ryan have gone ahead of him.
1: Well, that's kind of getting back to what I talk about. Constantly we're doing that Where we're playing these players position. I would have loved To see Partington Just give him a run on the ring uh, Wing sorry Just let him go Let's see if he can produce those numbers um, Because It's like Gaff's old role Where yeah. Just make him a runner Make him possession gather And an outlet base Yeah exactly um, But this is just Based on no information This is just me pondering I wonder If the beginning of this year He might have said Look At the end of the contract I want to go home because I can't understand why... I understand not being in the best 22 every week, but I can't understand how he's not at least got a game this year. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm the same as me. So
1: if, but if that's the case, that makes perfect sense. Right, this play's not going to be here. There's no point playing.
0: And I, I, I'm with you. I don't think he'll play in Eagles colours, and I think he'll be at Port Adelaide next year, um, or Adelaide as part of his trade or something. Um I still don't understand how often got a year, but they must see something in him. I think he's right behind in the pecking order, in the position he plays. I'd put Watson ahead of him. Um, because Skyfield's out, does Watson get a run? Well... Or does Nelson I, come back in?
1: Uh, I wouldn't bring Eva in because I found... Nelson was... We, uh, we were almost emergency. playing Barras forward. Yeah. Purely on the reason that, like, we were set down back almost. So... I feel like we're almost playing with too many backmen anyway. So, this so is Scoey what, coming out, this is Brass I going back again, I think we're settled for backs.
0: That's where the perfect chance was for me. This is I've been arcing up about this for years. Brass comes in, put him in the back line, and chucks Schofield up forward. That was a perfect chance to do that on the weekend. Because he would have... Brass, Brass is good, don't get me wrong, he's a great mark, but the leg speed that Schofield has up the forward line, and on a half forward line where he's allowed to roam... He's got a good football brain. People might not think about it. He's got a bloody good football brain. He would have been great, but now he's done his he's out. Um, look, who knows? who's going to come in, um, but the obvious choices are Sheed and Archie. So you're not going to admit anyone? They're the two you would pick. They're the they're, they're the two obvious ones. Yeah, I, I, I want just, to I'm see the Brayshaw the get a go.
1: I'm the same with Archie and Sheed. Um, but, um, I would love to one well, with you. I'd love to see Brayshaw this year, but with three rounds left, I'm dead set. Let's pick. Our best way to that's why I was so glad Ryan was picked on the weekend.
0: Yeah, look, he was brilliant. He was wasn't brilliant. He? he was unbelievable. And um, yeah, who knows where which way they're gonna go in the uh draft or trades coming up this way, but there's a few little rumours going around we might talk about later on. It's bounce down Round 21. Eagles versus Poor Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. Um, well, look, Eagles was won last five out of six. And it's funny, that Port's only win out of those six was at Seabee. Four of ours have been at Adelaide Oval and one at Domain. Um, but we're still underdogs this week. So on Sportsbet, it's $1.49 for Port and Eagles are $2.65 for the win. We sit second on the ladder, Port a seventh, two games adrift. So is it because there's no Kennedy, no Nicknet, no Gaff that we're... The underdogs? Uh, Definitely. I look at it as like They're
1: looking at our outs to key players. And let's be honest, to me, that is a worrying factor. You know, ugly our best mids out, our best forwards out, and our best rucks out. But the great thing about the Eagles, which we've touched on already, is how great some of these other mids are, how great some of these other forwards are. Um, And Lysette, and as I said, Vardy's even king goals up forward. I wasn't having a shot at him before. So we've got... These other players that can step up into these roles. Um, so I think it's a danger game for... Because basically in my head, we've got to beat Port, we've got to beat Melbourne. We've got to beat at least one of those.
0: Eagles have to win... Eagles only have to win two of the last three and yeah. they keep second spot. If we lose two, we slip the third or fourth. That means we have to travel away. Yeah. Now...
1: We, we could, like, like still second spot two. Uh, sorry. Every time still we... second spot if we only drop if we do drop two games yeah. sorry but we're going to be
0: relying on other results and that's, and what, that's yeah. helped us out so far this year We, so when we have lost the other teams that we mm. needed to lose have lost Giants and that below a couple of teams all play each other so that's, that's another interesting matter um, poor Adelaide they're going pretty good I thought they were the better team against Adelaide Um but you look at the medical room, they don't have too many seasoned players around the medical room. Hamish is probably the only guy on their list that would probably come into the 22. He's out for a season. Joel Garner, he's a young guy, season. William Drew, young, he's a season. Carl Amon, maybe two weeks, can slip into the top 22. That's it. These are fringe uh, players. Todd Marshall's a week. Um, Todd Marshall does a pretty good when he comes in and plays. Um... So maybe they're basing that they're better off with their fitness levels and overall... I, I just think that they're very unlucky not to beat the uh, Crows, but when we usually uh, play Port Adelaide, we don't give Robert Gray as much rain, you know, he, as much team. free play as what the Crows gave him. He was everywhere. It looked like there was no one on him. Um, Wingard, there was no one on him as well. When we played them and we've beaten um, Port Adelaide. We've usually closed one or both of them guys down. Dixon hasn't had a great year.
1: Dixon, if he could convert, he would be a great forward, but oh, yeah. he just has trouble converting.
0: But I think that he's one of these guys that's been a victim of uh, position play as well because i have been playing him a lot in the ruck, especially when Ryder well, that's it, they don't off, have and off. But great Ryder's record. all go, good to go, so... It's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be close either way. It's, it's going to be a ripper game. It's going to be awesome. I I, I, I hope Eagles go over there and the, the, the effects of this week doesn't affect them playing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hope, hope they go over the,
1: the, right the right intent to go over there. Yeah. Um, I differ slightly um, with a few things. Uh, port, well, you mentioned Cats earlier, that on paper they've got a great team, you know, you see these stars move I put Port in that category. Their team on paper looks great, but I don't think they're playing great footy. Freo beat them, then they went and played the dogs, and they weren't overly convincing against the dogs, and then they lost to Adelaide. And see, this is where I differ again slightly as well, is I actually thought Adelaide were the bad team. I thought Adelaide was so bad at messing up their chances. Their conversion rate in front of goal was pathetic, and Their behinds don't even show Even though they had a lot more behinds than Port That doesn't show the true story Because they kicked a lot out of bounds Or they weren't making distance from 40 It was really I watched that game with the intent I wanted Adelaide to win Because of Eagles position And it would be better if Eagles was to win And I was watching that And I was almost getting frustrated with the Crows Because they were having these opportunities Where Port were so much cleaner They would get it in and get a goal from
0: That's why I thought they were the better team They were cleaner And they put the pressure on when it was needed if they come out with that intensity, Eagles need to be on the on the ball because they'll get blown out of the water because I just thought, like you said, they were cleaner, they had less inside 50s, and it was a bit like the Eagles. Every time the Eagles went into the 50 against Fremantle, every second time they scored. Yeah. And um, that's where the games are won. Everyone talks about pressure, accident. Scoreboard pressure is where you win the games of footy. Well, that's it, and that's where I
1: touched on great having Ryan and uh, Rioli in the same team was... We were converting every time because even if we didn't take the contested mark or have a set shot, we were crumbing. And it's funny, I think Vardy actually crumbed a couple (laughs) where his were like crumbed goals, you know. It's like you don't see a Ruckman crumbing for goals often. So if the ball hit the deck, we were still looking dangerous, you know. Um, So that was a great, great sign for us going forward.
0: I think if Eagles can uh, contain Robbie Gray's influence, I think there's a long way to go for them winning the game. If he gets let off... I can't see it happening because usually Shep goes on him or somebody um, cuts him down a bit. So um, it's going to be an interesting game. Eagles can win, but so can Port. Uh, Eagles got a good track record at Adelaide Oval. They're not scared about it. They should have beaten Adelaide, but they had that last quarter fade out. Let's hope it doesn't happen with Port. Um, Who's going to be the winner and what's going to be the margin, mate?
1: I think this game's going to be played right above the shoulders. I think if we go over the right intent, we'll win by 17 points. If we don't go with the right intent, we're not going to win. I find our back line is still so rock solid, and we touched on Hearn and Jed rebounding out there with his precision kicking. Well, that's our strength, and that's still there. Um, so I'm still going with our boys but I don't know what mind frame they're in after this week. They've been attacked from every angle, so...
0: Right, they're they're galvanised over it, and I hope they go out and do it for the boys that are missing. I think we need to draw a line in the sand and say, we are the real deal, and if they can, they will win. But something's telling me that Port Power might just have the edge over them, and I'm tipping Port Power, for the people on the tipping site, by seven points. And uh, we'll go back to the tipping. On uh, the TNG Go, which we do with the Go Footy Boys on their podcast, um, Shelf88 from the West Coast Eagles for Life um, page, she won the round, she got eight. But um, she's sitting in fourth, Nick Nat's third, Dodsey's second and Mousey's first still. But there's an interesting thing. West Coast Eagles for Life have a footy tipping competition. And the leader, Nick Nat Hearn, myself... (laughs) been the leader from round one round one so tougher competition and shall second one. so my challenge out there is to shell. i'll let you know one of my tips so there you go <laughs> um let's see if you can jump me in your tipping there so um that's cool anyway um it's been good getting back on the airways um hopefully we haven't bored you too much and hopefully we sound all right we still got a bit of the flu effects uh, i just want to give you a shout out to the boys at go footy they've been carrying the the load for I guess everyone and putting out some good shows uh, so the Winging It Boys at the West Coast Eagles Winging It uh, you got the Eagles Back Chat you got got of Coast um, and if you're into podcasts listen to any uh, footy podcast because you can get some good information and uh, I'm a fan of some Victorian ones now I used to give Gary Lyon a lot of shit I don't mind Gary Lyon and um, Tim Watson
1: Gary Lyon's slowly coming around the Eagles he'll always hate us he yeah, he's always hated us but we're performing so he, I found since he's gone to Fox footy.
0: He's had uh, a level head.
1: That's exactly this week. right. I think Paul Ruse is having a good influence on him and Jonathan Brown's having a good influence on him, where he's been a lot more impartial. And because we've performed as well, of, as well as we have this year, he has no choice but to comment on how well we're doing, so to speak, you know? If we're down the bottom, he'd probably talk about us more because he could take shots.
0: The Triple M rubber down, you're a, a good uh, listen to. you, you got BT and. Billy Browners, James Bradshaw and, and co, they have a bit of a laugh and um, during the end of the year we're going to get together and have a couple of uh, big podcasts with the Winginet boys and the Go Footy boys be like a big uh, big, uh, what do you call it <laughs> Kumbaya. <to camp> up. <laughs> Kumbaya around a campfire talking shit um, but it's going to be good, we'll do that around final time, it will probably be in the, the break of the finals, we also got the Nest TV coming back up. Um, we're working on that to get that relaunched for the off-season and then into next year. Uh, but before we go, uh, I can't go without just sending out our thoughts and prayers to um, the Brayshaw family yet again and to Andy Brayshaw, I hope you get a speedy recovery and also to the Gaff I men hope you get the mindset right there, Gaffy. You know you've done the wrong thing. Uh, we all do it. We've all done it sometime in our life. Um, unfortunately you're going to be labelled as maybe a thug or a dirty player but it's how you go from here how you deal with it that people will respect you and as you've seen most of the footy community have respected you this week um, it's only the trolls and the idiots that know nothing about friggin' footy that just sit there and are uh, asking for your head
1: yeah, hopefully both of the boys bounce back well, and um, obviously not doing under the pump segment this week because obviously it's about the media yeah, and the backlash yeah. of this. So, but I anyway, touched on that.
0: Thanks, guys, and hopefully we might have a friend on um, next week. We're just teeing up a few different uh, guests in the next couple of weeks, so we might come to you Wednesday or Thursday night. So just stay tuned and hope you enjoy the show and uh, share the word around for the TNG podcast. Thanks a lot. Catch you later, Dan. See you later, mate. Catch ya you <laughs>